You're sitting in your room late at night, not doing anything in particular, staring at your computer or watching TV. When out of the corner of your eye, you see something flit by. Maybe a bug. Nothing major. So you don't pay it any mind, and you keep watching, and it happens again. And this time you look, standing in the corner of your room, who knows how long it's been watching you, is a shadow person. And that, my friends, is why we don't look in the trees. Well, hello. Happy Tuesday, or whatever day you're listening to this. My name is Abby, and I am your guide through all things spooky and ooky. Today we're going to be covering shadow people, their supposed origins, where they come from, why they happen, some possible scientific explanations, and also share some of my stories along with some of your stories. Strap in, buckle up, and let's get ready for this ride. I think some of the most interesting things about these shadow people as I've done some deep dive research into them is they seem to have been around for like ever. There are so many tales and stories of human-like creatures being seen, being felt, being heard that it seems, at least for me personally, obviously I can't speak for anybody else, that it's kind of undeniable. These things, whatever they are, whatever they want have been living alongside humanity for an extremely long time. They have many names. Islamic theology calls them the Jinn. The Choctaw tribe calls them the Nazluchito. The term shadow people that we use seems to have been coined by Heidi Hollis, who is a paranormal researcher. But whatever you call it, it seems like they've been around for a while. Which makes me wonder, and I'm sure makes many people wonder, what are shadow people? If all the way back to the origin of Islam, people have been experiencing these things, enough so that it's written about in the Quran, what are these things? Some religions consider them to be demonic entities of non-human origin, not ghosts, not spirits, something more sinister. And we kind of touched in on that when we were talking about the hat man. How the hat man, who seems to kind of be the possible ringleader of the shadow people, often feels evil and demonic in origin. But that doesn't seem to be the case with all shadow people. Not all shadow people seem to have evil intent. They don't cause harm, they don't attack people, though some of your stories say otherwise. And we'll get to that in a little bit. They don't seem to be evil but they definitely seem to be present, and they definitely seem to be curious. Some paranormal researchers describe them as the embodiment of human pain and suffering, that all of the pain and hurt in the world kind of lumps together and forms these shadow people. Some people think that they're just ghosts, either that they're attached to certain people, or a certain house, or a room, or even an object, I mean, we talked about the Dybbuk box not too long ago. Others still think that they're demonic, or one of the scientific explanations is that it's just a form of sleep paralysis, but that doesn't describe when we see them during the day or the evening. Obviously, you're not asleep when you're sitting there watching TV. Some blame the way that the eye works. 
the peripheral vision is really good at detecting movement. That harkens back to when we were being hunted by critters, like mountain lions or cyber-toothed tigers, that kind of thing, that it's important for us to be able to see motion from the corner of our eyes to keep us safe. However, there's been enough tales and stories, and I've seen it personally myself, that sometimes you can turn and focus on it with your full vision and still see it. It doesn't just dissipate with your peripheral vision when you turn to look. So I don't know if I fully believe that explanation either. Some even further still think that maybe these shadow people are being sent by extraterrestrial life to monitor us, to steady us, to be almost undetectable until they're not. I have no idea. My personal theory is I think these shadow people tend to be possibly weaker ghosts that they can't materialize fully, that they can only exist in kind of a black inky mist. Which leads me to our next topic. So obviously, their description is in their name. They're shadow people. They're black and inky. They tend to be misty and feathery on the edges. Some people report feeling a sense of dread or anxiety whenever they're near. Other people don't even notice them until they do, which makes you wonder how many times you haven't noticed them. And other times still, there'll be movement that makes you look at them. Or you'll hear something and turn to look, and there it'll be. Others still have reported hearing things move, and they'll look over and see an entire chair moved, and standing by the chair is a shadow person, a shadow figure. One of the prevailing details seems to be that there is no detail in the person. It's just kind of an outline. They have no figure. Well, no details. And I think that might be some of the scariest bit about them, that they're so close to being human, but so far at the same time. They're almost explainable, but at the same time, they're not. Now, as we'll get to in just a brief amount of time, shadow people don't tend to be dangerous. Most of the time, they'll be more mischievous than anything. But still, not everybody wants a shadow person playing hide-and-seek with their cell phone, or, as one reader talks about, moving their lost tooth around. We'll get to that. If you want to cleanse yourself, if you want to protect yourself, if you want to hopefully get rid of these, I would recommend some kind of protection ritual, whether that be procuring a piece of religious memorabilia, like a crucifix or a cross, holy water, that kind of thing, or grabbing a crystal that resonates with you. Salt is a powerful cleansing agent, salt water, especially if you can get it from the ocean itself. Nature has a way of protecting us of which I'm incredibly grateful for. You can also try smoke cleansing. I would recommend using bay leaves, basil, lavender. They're very cleansing and powerful, but not in a concerning way, shall we say. Now are you ready to get into the tales? one comes from a listener named Bailey. I'll start off with the shadow people. I've run across these more than anything else. As I write this, there is one standing to the right of me in my dark hallway. These entities have followed me for the better part of 12 years. A little background on these next few occurrences. 
I lived in the oldest house in my small town. This house had been a church at one time, so you can imagine the vibe that this house gave off. The air was heavy and dark all of the time. The basement was nearly untouched when the house was converted. You could still see where the pews once sat on the basement carpet. The stain of what I hope was wine still remained. I never went into the basement alone. This house held the energy of many people. Most of them just lurked in the shadows. Others would move things around just to get me in trouble. I had lost my very first tooth. Me and my mother had set it on the counter in the kitchen. I was watching TV out in the big living room. From there, I could see the front door, the steps to upstairs, the dining room, and the kitchen. Just off the kitchen was the little living room and the basement steps. I watched as a shadow, who I thought was my mother at the time, walked out from the basement into the kitchen and over to my tooth, then to the trash, and finally back down to the basement. Hours later, when my mom came out of the little living room to put me to bed, she asked me where my tooth was. To our surprise, the tooth was in the trash. She hadn't moved it, and neither had I. Other shadows would make contact. One Christmas night, a few years after the tooth incident, I walked down the stairs to get a drink. Our tree sat in the big living room, which had an open frameway to the kitchen. As I walked past the tree, Santa, quote-unquote, was crouching down by it. As I walked past, I gave him a hug and said I would keep it a secret and went on to get my drink. When I turned back to go upstairs, he was standing up. He was well over six feet tall. This thing could not have been my dad, nor my mother. These shadows, while they normally would just sit back and watch, made contact. They moved my things and were almost whole. You could reach out and touch them, feel them like they were living. One of these shadows has followed me since moving many years ago. These two incidents are not isolated. In fact, our house randomly caught on fire in the middle of the night one night. No one knows what caused the fire, it just happened. I'm not sure if that really has anything to do with it. I just thought it was an honorable mention. The most I've had with any of these critters is the shadow people. I've come into contact with those deer more than once, though. Whether it happens when I'm driving or they simply jump out in front of my car when I'm walking to my grandma's in the middle of the night. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. The further away they sound, the closer they are. But those are stories for another email, though. Let me know if if you'd like to read those. Wow. Bailey, that is terrifying. Also, yes, I want to hear your not dear stories and stop walking in the middle of the night alone. We don't look in the trees for the reason, my dear. But wow, I think that might be one of the few reports that I've heard of tangible contact with shadow people. My father is a pastor, and so I've spent a lot of time in old churches and experienced many a spooky, ooky critter in a church basement. And the thought of living in an old church both terrifies and excites me. I'm glad you're safe, Bailey, and thank you for sharing your story with us. Now are you all ready for another tale? This next story comes from Amy. I feel like everyone here has some experience with spirits or paranormal, but I seem to have most of them out of my friend group and family. When I was younger, I was aware of shadow people, but didn't really believe they existed. Boy, do I now. From the ages of 2 to 14, I lived on this property on the outskirts of town. We were surrounded by corn and a little neighborhood was off to the south, along with the school. Me and my family, seven of us in total, would always be outside doing something. Gardening, playing, exploring, you name it. I was terrified of everything as a kid. Zombies were a big one. I wouldn't go outside on Halloween. You could talk to me about scary things and I'd break down crying. But 
Of course, I was the one to have to deal with things the most, especially the shadow people. It was Christmas Eve, I was around 9 or 10, and I was sleeping in the attic. Oof. My dad snores a lot, so my mom would sometimes come and sleep in my bed. It was a queen, and this was one of those nights. I was awake, it was probably 2 a.m., with the anticipation of Christmas and seeing my extended family later that day, but I was wide awake. That's how I know I wasn't seeing things. In the attic, there were steps in the middle, two sides of the floor next to the stairs, then a room at the front of the house. My sister slept in that room, me on the right side as you come up the stairs, and a blank toy section on the other side. I was sleeping on the right side of the bed, my mom on the left. And on my side, there was a sitting ledge and a window. On the ledge is where my siblings and I would put our stuffed animals. I was focusing on one wolf-shaped stuffed animal when all of a sudden I see a figure. I don't get up and I'm frozen. It was so cold when I saw her. She was probably 5 foot 3 to 5 foot 5. She had short dark hair, at least dark. She was a whole ass shadow person. And wore a t-shirt and shorts or pants. My first thought was, oh, it's my sister but it definitely wasn't my sister. I saw exactly which stuffed animal she took, a dark brown wolf one, which was my sister's. But when I woke up, it was still sitting there. It was as if nothing had happened. The next day, I asked not only my sister, but my mom and my brothers if any of them had gone upstairs to get a stuffed animal, and every single one of them said no. Now, a lot of people have told me, you were just dreaming, you were tired. I wasn't. I was wide awake, and I can tell you exactly what her foot pattern was on the creaky attic floor. She was there, and either my family has been lying to me, or there was a ghost girl in my attic. Amy has another story that I think you all would like to hear. It's a bit more wholesome this time. I work at a farm. It's a nice farm, honestly. And I usually help with flowers, clean, file paperwork, whatever they need that day. The main farm and house was owned by an older couple. I call them grandpa and grandma, and they knew my dad, so we were extremely close-knit. My mom works on the accountant side of the farm, as I do whatever they need. And the granddaughter of the grandma and grandpa helps the grandma. Grandma fell around three-ish years ago, and she was a heavy drinker. So she was deteriorating quickly, and there wasn't anything we could do. COVID hit, and the people at hospice said that there's no real point in keeping her here. Just bring her home and have her be comfortable. So, that's what happened. She was always in a wheelchair or sitting in a chair. She weighed like 80 pounds and was about five foot four, and she was about 80. We knew that she would get a bit better and then worse, and that's exactly what happened. Her death happened suddenly, but then again, not suddenly at all. I was playing Minecraft with friends around nine at night in January. I was devastated when I got the news as I had grown so close to her in the two years that I knew her. I was crying and trying just to keep quiet, but I remember it was freezing. Out of my three friends who were on the call with me, only one knew, and the other was making fun of me for being so quiet and distant. She didn't know, so I don't blame her, but I remember saying out loud, someone close to me died, just give me a break. She was quick to shut up, but I think that's what led to the next events. We played late into the night. Our latest was about 6am, so I decided to get some fuzzy socks and another blanket. I go into my closet, and this is the part I want you to remember. I close my closet doors. You might go, oh, but are you sure you close your closet doors? Yes. I closed them because I hit my hands so hard while closing them, it started bleeding. I took an early night because I was so tired. I'm not too religious, but I laid down and out loud I said, just let me know she's okay. Now I'm one of those people who will wake up because I know something isn't right. I knew something wasn't right. 
Grandma loved clothes. She had so many of them, and she was a seamstress as well. I woke up to my closet doors open and my fabric on the floor. It was around 1am, so I get up and push everything back in and walk back to the bed and close the doors. I wake up again at 4. Same thing. Everything's on the floor. Closet doors wide open. I think nothing of it. Close them and go back to sleep, but in the morning. I tell my mom, and she says that's terrifying because the same thing had happened to someone else. So I do believe in spirits, but I would rather keep my distance from them. Wow, Amy. A, I'm so sorry for your loss. Any grandparent loss, whether adopted, honorary, or biological, is hard. But I'd like to think that that last story was her her way of telling you that she's okay and she's still being mischievous. But wow, those stories. I'm glad nothing dubious happened and that you're safe. finish up with my story. So if you're coming from my TikTok, I would hope you have seen my shadow figure experience. So I'll tell you the one about the shadow kids that were in that house. If you need a refresher, go back a bit on my page and you can see me talking about my old house. You can see pictures of where all of this happened so you can get a little bit better picture. I was living there. I was about 10 or 11, I'd say. It was an old house, like built in 1890 old house so we had creaky wooden floors i'm a bit of an anxious person so i have everybody's footprint patterns memorized i can tell who's walking and where by how the floorboards sound by how they're moving i know the people in my house i mean there's five of us it's not very hard to remember four different patterns of walking now sitting in my bedroom and i have this large bay window that i absolutely adore And I was sitting at my desk that faces the window, so my back is to the bedroom, and I hear running. And it's pretty clear to distinguish a dog running from a person running. And we do have, well, did have two dogs at the time. So I know it wasn't the dogs, and the footprints aren't heavy enough to be anybody else in my family. I'm the youngest at 10. I know I'm not running. And it sounds like children playing upstairs in the attic. Now, we had a very large finished attic. That's where our den was, that's where my art room was, that's where my mom's sewing room was. It was a frequented space in our family, because that's where you could go and get away from everybody for a while. I was the only one home. My siblings both had soccer. My dad and mom were still at work, it was just me. So, of course, anxious preteen goes into disaster mode. Oh my god, somebody broke into the house. And I can hear talking upstairs, and two kids, it sounds like, running back and forth, playing upstairs. Again, I'm home alone. I'm the youngest, so nobody should be upstairs. I go upstairs, and there's a U-shaped staircase. So you go up, there's a little landing, and you turn around, and then you're into the space. There's a set of railings that protect you from kind of falling down the staircase. So when you turn the corner, you can see the entire room from the landing because there's no wall. It's just slats, effectively. And I see two kids, well, two little heads because the couch is blocking them, running in the middle of the, the den. And I just kind of stop there and they stop and they just disappear. And if I hadn't seen it, if I hadn't heard it, I would have thought I was insane. 
but the fact that it wasn't out of the corner of my eye. I saw them with all of my eye, and they reacted to me. Makes me think that, you know, it wasn't just a normal ghost that does its ghost thing and then disappears. They were intelligent. They knew I was there. They knew they were playing, and they decided to leave together. Just kind of further solidifies my point that I don't think that these are just pieces of our imagination. I don't think that they're necessarily all demonic. I think they might just be remnants of people doing people things. But I would love to know what you think. If you have any ghost shadow experiences, send them in to dlittpod at gmail.com. We'll link that in the show notes for you. I just want to let you know that we do have merch available. That'll be linked as well. We're getting people sending in pictures of their t-shirts and their hoodies and their stickers. And I love, love seeing you guys support us. If you want to sponsor the podcast, there'll be a link for that. You can give directly. All of that's linked in my link tree. And of course, my friends, keep it spooky. But remember, don't look in the trees.